championship belongs to the Los Angeles Lakers. Hello, Lakers Nation. Welcome in. Trevor Lane here for LakersNation.com, your home for everything. Lakers, the regular season, it's done. It's over. Bring on the playoffs. Lakers versus Warriors in the play-in tournament to see who gets the seventh seed. That is coming up on Wednesday, but we've got a wild night of NBA basketball to talk about where it felt like most teams wanted to lose rather than win. Some really bizarre things happening across the NBA and especially in the Western Conference as basically everyone tried to dodge the Lakers. We're going to break it all down. Joining me tonight is Ron Gutterman from LakersNation.com. Ron, how are you doing, man? Doing great. Yeah, it was a it was a wild day. We were expecting this like crazy intense day of battles that was going to lead to this, you know, cool seating and we were going to see changes. But everyone ensured losses to stay exactly where they were. Uh, literally nothing changed from from yesterday to today in terms of the standings. It's the exact same top 10. Uh, and that's a testament to the incredible tanking ability of the Nuggets and the Clippers. It was unbelievable seeing, and I know you you did the same as I did, you flipped over to that Clippers-OKC game. That was some of the least enjoyable basketball I've seen all season. That was awful. It doesn't get much worse than that. That was crazy. So we're going to break all that down. But first, I've got something a little bit exciting for everybody out there. Everybody joining us from YouTube, from Facebook, from Periscope. If you hear your name tonight, you ask a question and you get your name called, not only do you get a LakersNation.com license plate frame, but you also get a LakersNation.com t-shirt. Yeah, that's right. All you got to do is send me your name, your mailing address, email address, send it to me in a DM on Twitter, at Trevor underscore Lane. If we call your name and answer one of your questions, all you got to do is send me that info. We'll send you a LakersNation.com license plate frame and a LakersNation.com t-shirt. The sizes, they're XL. That's all we've got is XL. So that's what you're getting. Hopefully that works. I know that that works for a lot of people. All right, let's get into a few of these. Jaybird35 from YouTube. I, I love it. Going right after the Clippers immediately. Said, nice tank job Clippers just to avoid the Lakers till the Western Conference Finals. Yeah, that that was the big thing here, right? By the clip With the Clippers staying at four. So the Clippers tanked a couple nights ago, Ron. And you and I did the emergency show to come on and react to that because that ensured that the Lakers and Clippers would not meet in the first round. And we said, well, look, it was unlikely they could tank a game against the Rockets because the Rockets are so bad, but there's no way. There's no way they could lose against the Thunder, too, in their next game. And lo and behold, they did. And the incentive was now the Lakers and Clippers cannot meet up until the Western Conference Finals because the Clippers fell to the four seed. Yeah, it's bold of the Clippers to assume they'll make the Western Conference Finals something they have never done in franchise history. But here they are. That's what they decided to go with. Um, Respect to them for being able to lose games against the two worst teams in basketball. Uh, Yeah, that's really that's incredible work by them. Um, And I hope that they can get past Dallas and then, you know, possibly Utah or Golden State in the second round. Especially impressive when the Thunder were playing for draft pick standing, but draft pick seating. Like they had every reason to lose that game. Like Thunder fans right now were not happy that they won that game. That actually hurts their team. Amazing that the Clippers were able to pull that off, I guess. I, you know, Ron, I've got a lot of people. Most of the people right now in the chat are asking about the status of LeBron James. So we are checking that out. I'll keep an eye on Twitter to see if we hear anything. But I will say this. So LeBron 
it looked like maybe rolled that ankle again. And a lot of people saying, why was he even in in the fourth quarter? I'm right there with you. I felt uncomfortable with him being out there on the floor just like you guys did. But I will say that just based on the body language and everything else that we saw, like the way LeBron was reacting over the sideline, he didn't have the body language of a player who was saying, oh no, I'm seriously hurt. That looked more like a, oh man, that could have been bad, but I'm okay. He was over on the sideline, smiling, laughing, you know, walking around. I think he's going to be all right. Yeah, I definitely got the sense too that he he's just, he's fine. It's just a, a rolled ankle or a tweaked ankle. I think uh, with two days off between now and Wednesday's play-in game against the Warriors, I have to imagine uh, he'll get his recovery in and he'll be okay for that game. I, I couldn't see him missing that game, even if there was some soreness. Yeah, absolutely. He's not. And you know what? He looked great tonight. Like he looked like himself tonight. He had burst quickness. Uh, He looked fantastic. And so hopefully that's the guy that we see on Wednesday. Uh, You know, the Warriors, they played really well against Memphis. The Grizzlies made a game of it. That was probably the most contested game that that we saw. All the other games that we were watching, Denver and Portland, Denver no-showed, right? Just Just did not show up at all. So Denver and Portland, that ended up being nothing. Lakers and Pelicans was, yeah, I mean, it was something. It was competitive, at least. Clippers and Thunder, nothing. Neither team wanted to win that game. So it wasn't a night of enjoyable basketball like we were hoping for. But uh, at the end of the day, I mean, it could be worse. Lakers, Clippers. Lakers won't have to see the Clippers until the Western Conference Finals. If the Clippers get there, if I guess if the Lakers get there as well. And the Lakers, if they're able to beat the Warriors, In the first round, they would see the Phoenix Suns, and I'm okay with that. I saw a lot of Phoenix fans on social media who were not happy. A lot of Phoenix fans pulling for the Sacramento Kings to beat the Utah Jazz so the Suns could jump up to one and avoid the Lakers, but that did not happen. Yeah, and I have have some personal gripes with the Denver Nuggets uh, that we can get into at a different time, but yeah, I think think it really uh, was an ugly night of basketball that that Warriors-Grizzlies game, you could tell it was the only game of the day today where both teams desperately wanted the win. Mm-hmm. Um, and you saw that in the way the game was played. Stephen Curry is, you know, we've done this thing where we say we need to respect Stephen Curry more. I feel like we respect him plenty. We know he's the greatest shooter of all time. And this season, even though it's not an, he's not going to win MVP this season, he's not going to win a championship this season, I have to think that this is in the top two most impressive Stephen Curry seasons of all time. He's and, he's really something else. Yeah, he's been been fantastic. And that's going to be the big challenge for the Lakers is corralling him. Dylan Brooks did a great job on him until he fouled out on that silly foul. Could have changed the outcome of that game potentially. But uh, yeah, look, the, the Lakers are going to have a, ta- a tall task on their hands in order to deal with Steph Curry. And the Warriors, and of course, Andrew Wiggins can make some sneaky plays along the baseline and things of that nature. Draymond Green is, is a smart player. So the Lakers are going to have a fight on their hands, but I've got somebody asking me, uh, it's it's Marquise Brown. Hollywood, is that you? Wow. Man, I got to talk to you about my fantasy team, man. Uh, on From YouTube, it says, uh, Trevor, is the eighth seed an easier path to the finals? And then Andres Montoya from YouTube said, Trevor is facing the Warriors, a good thing or a bad thing. So the eighth seed to me is no longer, we talked about it potentially being the easier path. That's no longer the case because the eighth seed is now on the same side of the bracket as the Clippers. Again, I'm going into the playoffs, looking at it as 
the Lakers and Clippers are in a, a tier just slightly above the Suns, uh, the Nuggets, uh, the, you know, the other teams that are right in there. Uh, the Jazz Still forgetting as well. The jazz. I, I always I always leave out the Jazz. I don't know why. I must Every have you- I I must have <laughs> something in my subconscious that just is against the Utah Jazz. Maybe it's my formative years watching the Jazz in the late '90s beat the Lakers. That's got to be what it is. <laughs> That's yeah, why I leave I've, them out. I've never list Western Conference contenders and mention the Jazz ever. I always am the one who has to say the Jazz. I I feel like that's okay. I think that's yeah, that's an okay thing. You're right, I think. <laughs> so now the Clippers are on the same side of the bracket as the Lakers if they were to finish in the eight seed. So I, I think the better way to go would be to just win, right? Crazy. Just win, beat the Warriors, finish in the seventh seed, and then your path would be Phoenix in round one. And then in round two, you'd be playing the winner of Denver and Portland. Portland. That that's not bad. That's not bad to me at all. But again, you've got to get that win against the Warriors, and the Warriors are not going to go away quietly. They're going to throw everything they have at this game. Steph Curry just locked up the scoring title, so that's going to be look. It's going to be a battle. The Lakers are going to have to bring their A game to that one. Yeah, and as much obviously avoiding the Clippers side of the bracket is a positive thing, but also if you're looking at just the Jazz versus the Suns in the first round, who would you rather see? I think you'd definitely rather see the Suns. They match mm-hmm. up better with the Lakers. They are more inexperienced. While the Jazz have never, you know, they've never won anything, that team, that core has been together for a really long time now. And it's only a matter of time before they do something positive. Maybe I'm wrong, but I, I trust them slightly more than I do the Suns to make real noise this year. Okay, we have a, Lebr- a LeBron James update. Frank Vogel in his postgame conference says of LeBron and his ankle, he's good to go. There are no issues with his right ankle. Great there news. There you go. That, so that, that, there you go. There's great news um, for the Lakers that LeBron is good to go. Like we said, you know, there was that, I think it was one of those situations where for a moment LeBron went, oh no, right? right? And, you know, he probably used a four-letter word, right, instead of saying, oh no, but... Uh, he was probably a little bit worried for a split second and then he realized, okay, I'm good. You know, if you've turned your ankle before, if you've been out there on the court and you've done that, you know, when you kind of do it a little bit and you're worried for a split second and then you realize, okay, I'm actually, I'm good. I think that's what happened with LeBron and Frank Vogel confirms he's good to go. So that's great. Yeah, it's great to hear. I'm glad LeBron will be a okay. And, uh, yeah, I'm excited for that game against the Warriors. I'm just, I'm very excited. I you know the league uh, got exactly what they wanted when they put together this play-in tournament. <laughs> somebody said, somebody said, Trev, just tell me now, are the Lakers winning the chip this year? Luke Buendelmonte, dude, if I could see the future, I'd be going <laughs> to buy a lottery tickets. I wouldn't be hopping on here and telling you who's winning the NBA Finals. Come on, man. I will I will say that I have a future on the Lakers to win the championship. Do you? Um I I I bought it uh I got the future the day that LeBron went down because they dropped below the Nets as the favorite for the first time all uh-huh. year and I said that's probably as low as it's going to get. <laughs> you <laughs> so tried to buy low on that. <laughs> so I bought pretty low on those odds. All right. Well, hopefully that that pays off for you because that pays off for you. That's going to pay off for all of us. Yeah. Um. All right. Let's talk a little bit about this game. So I felt like in this one, in Lakers versus Pelicans, I felt like the Lakers were kind of 
I don't want to say playing with their food, but they were just kind of working through some things. Like they were playing to win, but at the same time, they wanted to make sure that they were using this to get as much experience as they could. Because remember, this starting five has only been, I think this is the third game total, total that this starting five has been together of Dennis Schroeder, KCP, LeBron, Anthony Davis, Andre Drummond. And so I felt like they were kind of working through some things on the floor. So it was a little bit disjointed, but ultimately they win 110 to 98, fairly comfortable. Saw them do fairly Lakerish stuff, right? They shot 31% from three. That's been their MO all season, but only turned the ball over nine times. And I thought we saw a pretty good performance out of the starting five AD with 14 and five LeBron 25 and six, only one rebound for LeBron, which was odd for him. But Andre Drummond yet again, feasting on the boards, 13 and 13 with five of those rebounds coming on the offensive glass. 12 and four for Dennis Schroeder. I don't know, Ron, I felt like this was just a, a, I don't want to say go through the motions, but just a pretty average performance from the Lakers, which overall I think is a good thing given where this team is coming from. Yeah, I, I honestly think they were, I think the Lakers only gave effort in this game for the first six to eight minutes. Um, and from that point on, it was very much coasting. You know, probably somebody told Frank Vogel, Hey, Portland's already up 20 at the end of the first, and they they just decided to coast the rest of the game. Um, I thought they were really, I thought the focus was fully there for the first six to eight minutes of the first quarter, and they looked really, really good. Contavious Caldwell-Pope continues to hit threes. He's doing great right now. everyone, Everyone feels like they are playing good basketball heading into the playoffs, and it feels like the the meshing, the chemistry is starting to form within that starting five. Uh, Wicked Bronco from YouTube said LeBron coming back down three to one with a super chat. Thank you. Uh, down three to one is going to be nothing when he and AD carries the Lakers to the title this season from the seventh seed. Imagine that for LeBron's legacy. If the Lakers win a title this year, bring home number 18. Whew, that is certainly going to be something. One yeah. A statistic to remember, no seven seed has ever won the NBA championship. Mm-hmm. Uh, the lowest remains the Houston Rockets uh, doing that in 1995 from the number six seed. So no seven seed has ever won a title. I think the Lakers are in the best position of any seven seed ever to do that, though. Yes. Yeah, I do think so as well. They're only the seven seed because of a massive tidal wave of injuries. So let's get into the yeah. next man up award. I don't want to just completely gloss over this game. I know we're mostly going to look forward to the future, but still, uh, Ron, who is your next man up? From this one, LeBron. So LeBron and AD off the table. The stars can't be picked. Who do you feel like was the next best Laker? You know, there are a few options here. I Because they were kind of going through the motions, I don't think anyone had, you know, this particularly incredible game. Right. Um, I'm going to go with Alex Caruso here. I like it. Uh, he had nine points, f- uh, three rebounds, five assists, and a block. He was a plus 13 on the night, the second highest on the team. Uh, four for eight from the field in 19 minutes. Uh, it was really great to see him back on the floor. It looked like his foot soreness was not bothering him uh, the way it was over the last week, week and a half, two weeks. Um, it was just really nice to see him in the game and making Alex Crusoe plays. You know, he had that one play where he got like he uh, ran across the court to steal an offensive rebound and then turned it into an assist to Anthony Davis for a dunk. It, it was just great to see Alex Caruso back in action, making Alex Caruso plays. It just it reminds you how valuable he is in the playoffs, especially when the first two teams you're looking at playing are the Warriors 
and the Suns, who are extremely guard centric. 100%. 100%. Yeah, I love I love that pick of Alex Caruso. I'm going to go a little bit different way, although I fully agree with you. It was great seeing him back out there uh, and really making those kinds of Alex Caruso, bald bomba, bald, bald eagle, big balder brand, you know, whatever you want to call him. Uh, he was he was great. I'm going to go Andre Drummond, though, and I feel like this is like the second or third show in a row now that I've done Drummond. I saw a lot out of Andre Drummond tonight that is becoming a consistent theme in terms of Drummond being effective coming out of the dunker position when the Lakers find Anthony Davis in the high post. Suddenly getting AD the ball there is freeing up Drummond in the dunker position because Anthony Davis is such a threat from right there. And Drummond is getting these nice little easy drop-off passes and getting finishes there. And he's done a great job taking advantage of that. So that's been a successful thing for the Lakers is, hey, guess what? Andre Drummond is more effective when he's sharing the floor with LeBron in AD. Blows my mind, right? Who would have guessed? But then also <laughs> the five offensive boards, you know, we've ta- I've talked about it and talked about it and talked about it. Andre Drummond, one of the best parts of his game is his offensive rebounding. And it didn't feel like the Lakers were really letting that shine early on. And part of that was they just needed him to get back and play defense. Now he's really been unleashed there. And now he's consistently being a factor on the offensive glass and the glass overall. So I think we're seeing a the version of Andre Drummond we thought we were getting back when the Lakers signed him out of the buyout market. Yeah, and I I totally agree with you there. One thing that's really exciting about watching Andre Drummond these past few games, his his flaws are still there. They're not going away. He's still going to have trouble securing the basketball. He's still going to have those troubles. But one thing I've really enjoyed watching him is we have never seen Andre Drummond not be the first or second option on his team. And the way Andre Drummond's game works, it's not predisposed to being a first or second option. So I'm really excited to see him in a playoff run where he is the fourth, sometimes fifth option on the floor offensively. Yeah, and that, that's just it, right? If in the, in the Lakers starting five, he's probably the fifth option, isn't he? I mean, yeah. Dennis Schroeder is certainly the third option. And then it's probably KCP as the as the fourth option. So I think you're right. I think that does create more like high leverage opportunities for him, opportunities where he's going to just be catching the ball and finishing rather than having to create something himself. And that's going to make him overall a more effective player. <laughs> Somebody asking, Bad Dog Sports, asking asking about my globe in the back there. That's from my days as a teacher. So I had to have that, throw that back here. Yeah, and one thing about Andre Drummond is it could be the NBA Finals Game 7 and he could have 25 points and 20 rebounds. And I will still be sick of him watching watching him do that stupid thing where he gets the ball down low and then without looking at the basket, he just does that jump hook. Yeah. If I have to watch him do that one more time, I'm going to be so upset. It is the most frustrating thing he does in the whole game of basketball. All right, Ron, I've seen some people in the chat here who are who are confused as to why the Mavericks are in the five seed right now, are still in the five seed and it's Mavs Clippers in the first round and not Portland in the five seed. And you and I were going over this earlier. So what's the explanation? Why are the Dallas Mavericks? Because the Lakers, Blazers, and and Mavs all wound up tied. So why is it the Mavs that jumps up to the five spot? Yeah, so when it's a two-team tiebreaker, uh, you're looking at the head-to-head matchups between the two teams. So in the case of Portland-Dallas, Portland actually won the head-to-head tiebreaker. However, when there is a three-team tiebreaker, 
in a playoff scenario, the third, the, the way the winning team of the three is decided is if any one of those three teams won their division. Because the Mavericks won their division and the Blazers and Lakers did not, right. the Mavericks win the three-team tiebreaker, and then the Lakers and Blazers are just a two-team tiebreaker after that, which is why the Blazers are ahead of the Lakers. Yeah, and this this really worked out ideally for the Blazers. Like, this is what the Blazers wanted. And I, I've seen a number of people in Portland who were commenting on this uh, on social media all throughout the game who were hoping the Clippers would lose and the Mavs would lose because then that puts Portland into a first-round matchup with Denver. The Portland, what they didn't want to do is see the Clippers win and move up to three, and they win and go to six, and then it's Portland Clippers in round one. I saw a lot of Portland folks who were saying they would rather go to seven and go into the play-in tournament than play the Clippers in round one. So Portland got the best of both worlds. They wound up getting to not be in the play-in tournament and not see the Clippers. They get the Denver Nuggets instead. Yeah, and that that uh, Nuggets Blazers series is absolutely fascinating. Um, yes. Both teams are a little different now, but we we recall about I think it was two seasons ago, uh, the Nuggets and Blazers met in the second round of the playoffs, um, and they went to seven games, and it was an incredible series. And Portland won. Uh, the Nuggets don't have Jamal Murray, so that's uh, that's a really fascinating series. Actually, I think that's I think there's there's a not a, you know, most likely option, but I think there's a real chance that the Lakers see the Blazers in round two if all if all goes according to plan. I really think it could happen as well. I think it's a it's I'm going to give the edge to the Nuggets, but I think it's a little bit more yeah. of, a, of a toss up, really, when you look at that matchup and just how good Damian Lillard is like he's got the ability to go nuts on any given night. Then Yusuf Nurkic battling uh, Nikola Jokic. That's going to be phenomenal to watch on a nightly basis. I think it's going to be. Very, very interesting to see how all that plays out. And Robert Covington, he could wind up being the X factor in that series for the Blazers. I like him a lot. Yeah, I got to say, this this is a really bad year to be a top three seed in the Western Conference. Yes, yes, it is. Really bad year for that. Yeah, think about that. Think about that, right? If you're the Utah, let's say everything goes as we hope. The Lakers win, and then the Warriors wind up playing the Grizzlies again in order to see who gets the eighth seed. The Warriors win that. You could look at Utah in the one seed drawing the Warriors in round one and Steph Curry, who just won the scoring championship. The Suns. want to see Steph Curry. <laughs> no. The Suns drawing, who are the second seed, drawing the Lakers, who are the reigning defending 17-time champion and now appear to be healthy. And then the Nuggets drawing the Blazers, who could beat them. I, it's, yeah, not a great time if you're at the top of the conference. All right, let's see who else we've got here making some some comments and, and questions. I'm seeing a lot of stuff popping up about who people think is going to win in each matchup. Um, let's let's talk a little bit about this because I'm also seeing a lot of people who are throwing out some anti-Denver Nuggets slander. So Mike Malone had comments about you know the karma and everything associated with tanking a game. And he benched his starters at halftime. And it was very clear from the opening tip that the Nuggets had no intention of winning the game. Yes, they they started Nikola Jokic. And if you're listening to the podcast version of it, you can't see this, but I'm doing air quotes. They started <laughs> their normal guys, but their normal guys played at like an 80% pace, right? If there was a, if you wanted to, to show someone a video of what going through the motions looks like, you would show them the Denver Nuggets tonight. They did not try. 
I have a buddy who was actually who was a Blazers fan who's in the building. And he said from in person, it was even more obvious just from watching the guys on the sidelines and everything that the Nuggets were not intending to win that game at all. So how do we feel about this? I mean, to me, on one hand, it's common sense that the Nuggets should do that because their reward for winning would have been a first round matchup with the Lakers. But should there still be some animosity towards the Nuggets for not giving it their all and not trying? I mean, obviously, it negatively affected the Lakers. Yeah, so I mean, the, there's two trains of thought I have about this. The first thing is, they're right in not wanting to win that game. Yeah. They're right in not wanting to reward themselves with a first-round matchup against the Lakers. However, my issue is, if that's how your mindset is, don't talk the whole day before and day of like you're going to try and win the game. Don't don't lie to your fan base. Don't lie to to really the entire NBA media don't say, Hey, look, we're going in and we, we're not, we're not afraid of anyone. We're not losing any games intentionally just to go in and lose a game intentionally. Mm -hmm. And then the second thing, and I mentioned this, uh, on Friday's show, there is something to be said about losing intentionally against the Blazers because you'd rather see the Blazers. So now the Blazers have really big bulletin board material of you lost intentionally so that you could see us instead of them. We're right. going to make you pay for that. And that and that could be a factor. We've seen that be a factor before where teams will say something. I mean, what was it infamously years ago? Didn't Tracy McGrady make a comment about how it's so nice being out of the first round or something? And then the other I, I'm trying to remember who his opponent was came back and, and beat him. Um Things like this happen in the NBA. Whiteboard material matters because, I mean, look, like Michael Jordan said, sometimes we take it personally. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see how all of that plays out. Damian Lillard is not one to take things lightly. No. So I imagine he's taking offense to this. If I know Dame Lillard like I know Dame Lillard. Here's an interesting comment. This is coming in from Dave McMenamin of ESPN. That gave me That is a take by Jared Dudley that I had not considered. I had not thought about this, and I think it's interesting if this is the Lakers' mentality. Check this out. Jared Dudley, without naming names, said teams that were managing, again in air quotes, their schedules, aka tanking, down the stretch to avoid the Lakers. He thinks it's a bad strategy. The Lakers, he says, will be most susceptible to an upset in the first round and are only going to get stronger from there. So obviously, I mean, we can, we can infer, I suppose that Jared Dudley is talking about the Clippers, right. And avoiding the Lakers. Now they don't see them until the Western conference finals. Jared Dudley is saying, no, you would have been better off trying to get us in round one, because by the Western conference finals, we're going to have our legs under us. If anybody's going to be able to, to upset us, it's going to be early when we're still, still trying to readjust to guys. I wonder if the Lakers take any offense to what what's happening there or anything like that, or if Jared Dudley is just factually correct that the Lakers are going to be stronger the farther into the playoffs that they go. Yeah, see, I actually completely agree with Jared Dudley here. The the Lakers will be at their most vulnerable in the first round because they will have let's say let's say the Lakers defeat the Warriors on Wednesday and they're in the first round against the Suns. That means game one against the Suns will be the fifth time that that starting lineup of Davis of AD LeBron Drummond Schroeder and Caldwell Pope it'll be their fifth game together if they defeat the Suns 
Now in the second round, you're looking at that same starting lineup with 10 to 12 games under their belt. Now it starts to look even more cohesive. With LeBron, your chemistry doesn't get worse over time. It only grows. That's the type of player he is. I can understand why the Clippers would look at things and say, let's postpone seeing the Lakers as long as we can. I understand why they would do that, right? Because you're hoping that somewhere along the way, someone else does the job for you and knocks them out, right? And given what the Clippers did last season, they're probably going, well, hey, look, it's possible for for a higher seed to get get knocked out. You never know, 3-1 series lead, that evaporates sometimes, right? Um, So I understand why the Clippers would do that. But I also think Jared Dudley is right. Like if the Clippers had said, we're full strength, let's make sure we get the Lakers round one and knock them out so we don't have to deal with them when they're at full strength in the Western Conference Finals, That this decision may come back to haunt them. Because I think Jared Dudley may very well be right. That your chance to beat the Lakers is in round one, not in the Western Conference Finals. Yeah, I, I completely agree there. And, you know, I understand it more with the Nuggets because I think what the Nuggets were doing they weren't saying, let's postpone seeing the Lakers as long as possible. It's, let's just avoid the Lakers. Yes. You know, we're, yeah. we're, not, we're not getting to the conference finals. Let's just lose as early as possible and not have to even deal with the Lakers. <laughs> That's, that, was, that was Denver's whole, whole goal there. And that was why they had zero energy to play tonight. Uh, Billy Mazaregos from YouTube said, Trevor, and remember, guys, if you hear me call your name, I mentioned this at the top. If you hear me call your name, send me your information. Send it to me on a, in a DM on Twitter, and I will send you send me your name, your mailing address, email address. I'm going to send you not just a LakersNation.com license plate frame, but a LakersNation.com t-shirt as well, okay? So make sure you guys do that if you hear me call your name, answering a question. So Billy Mazaregos said, Trevor, I might just be paranoid, but the Lakers don't need to be looking past Steph. They could easily lose if they're knocked in, not locked in defensively. I don't think the Lakers are going to look past Steph because it's Steph Curry, because he's blown up so much. I think there would be more of a risk of the Lakers looking past the Memphis Grizzlies if the Grizzlies had won. I think given that it's the Warriors, this is going to be a marquee matchup. The NBA has to be going berserk right now in the league office. I'm sure they're, they are partying right now because they're so thrilled to get Lakers versus Warriors in the play-in game. But because it's Steph Curry, because he's the scoring champ, because of the performance he's had recently, I don't see them overlooking the Warriors. Yeah, I, I definitely see the Lakers having having not not you know their best night, but I see them coming to play on Wednesday. There's too much at stake. There's too much um, you know hype surrounding the game for them to come out and lay an egg. Um, and yeah, for the NBA, I mean, when they put together this idea of the play-in tournament. In their wildest dreams, they weren't thinking it was going to be Lakers Warriors. Um, so, yeah, this, you know, I said it before we went on. I was hoping at the beginning of the season that the team, the play in tournament would suck so that they'd have to scrap the whole idea. And now, because it's Lakers Warriors, they're never scrapping this idea ever. And look at how much, like, look what happened today. There was one game that didn't have any kind of impact on playoff seating. Like it didn't end up exactly like they wanted, right? Because you had a lot of teams tanking for positioning rather than all of these teams going full. You know, that was the ideal scenario for the NBA was you have every single team playing and every single team is in a game that matters. And all of these teams are going all out trying to win. 
That's the ideal. That did not happen. Instead, a lot of the high-profile matchups featured at least one team that did not want to win in order to influence their playoff positioning. But still, there was so much discussion leading up to this. I don't think the play-in tournament's going anywhere. Yeah, and by the way, I do want to point out uh, the Clippers, you know, they they obviously um, they put together one of the greatest tanking weekends of all time, I think. Incredible. Um, the, the Oklahoma City Thunder, prior to tonight's win against the Clippers, had won just one of their last 24 games. They were 1-23 in, in their final 24 and beat the Clippers to make it 2-23 in, in their final 25. That's unbelievable. Unbelievable, especially when they had every incentive. Like, Oklahoma City Thunder fans right now are beside themselves. Like, they're angry yeah. because they just lowered their lottery odds with this win that they had no business winning. But the Clippers, they benched everybody. They took all of their guys out, didn't play them, and they went, look, they they pulled out all the stops. Aside from, like, putting a jersey on the water boy and putting that guy out there on the floor, the Clippers did everything they could do to lose two games in a row. In fact, if you look at this, Ivica Zubats, they literally played him just to do the opening tip and then fouled and pulled him out instantly. In the in the <laughs> official box score, his minutes are listed as zero and one foul. Yep. Yeah, and uh, Oklahoma City, because of the win, they went from the third uh, the third pick lottery odds to the fifth pick lottery odds oh. jumped up two spots, which that's a that's a bad win. Imagine, you know, remember when the Lakers were horrible, if they had won a game and upped their their sorry, decreased their lottery odds by two spots. Oh, we would have been beside ourselves as Lakers fans. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. We would have been so upset. I mean, you look at what they with even the Oklahoma City Thunder. They took guys that were coming off their bench behind guys they were starting that were already like third stringers they were starting and played them major minutes and still couldn't lose this game. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. By the way, uh, if we want to give one thing that is even more exciting going into Wednesday's play-in game, uh, the Lakers and the Warriors are the two hottest teams in basketball. The Warriors have won six in a row, and the Lakers have won five in a row, which is the two longest win streaks actively in the NBA right now. So that's, again, the NBA got, I mean, they lucked out in probably the greatest way possible. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Big time in terms of getting this matchup. Um, you know, my buddy Keith Smith, who hosts the front office show with me, he mentioned this the other day. He said, Lakers-Warriors in the play-in game, not even technically the start of the playoffs, the play-in game will be the highest rated, in terms of television ratings, highest rated playoff game until maybe the NBA Finals and might just be the highest rated period, depending on who gets to the NBA Finals on the on the east side. Yeah, I mean, if it's if it's Lakers-Nets in the Finals, that will be a highly yes. rated final. Yeah, that will be highly but rated. But if it's, if it's really any other matchup, yeah, that Lakers-Warriors game is going be, gonna to be up there. Oh, imagine if it's like Lakers and Miami again. Lakers Warriors will draw imagine if it's that. Clippers Milwaukee. Why like, why are you even suggesting that the Clippers get through? Come on, Ron. <laughs> I had to throw in I had to throw in other alternatives to prove how because look, no, if the right. Lakers are playing in the NBA Finals, people are going to watch the yes, NBA Finals. True. But if the Clippers were I mean, talk about a ratings buzzkill. That would be I I don't know if I'd watch that. 
No. I'm not sure. Yeah, that would be that would not be good. All right, guys. <laughs> Some people are saying quiet, Ron. <laughs> uh, let's see. Uh, JStrong12 from YouTube said, Does anything concern you with our play-in game slash games? Is there anyone else besides Curry that we should worry about? So what are we thinking about in terms of the Golden State Warriors? Like, I don't want to just look past them and write them off. I think they're a quality team. I think they're better than we thought they would be heading into the season. I think defensively, that's where they've really, we typically don't look at them as a great defensive team, at least in recent years, but they're very good defensively this year. They can shoot a lot of threes. Steph Curry is is obviously a factor. Jordan Poole was making plays for them today. Some of the guys who were kind of scrubs for them last year are suddenly making some solid plays for them. And we saw kind of a playoff Draymond today too. A guy who really stepped it up and showed off why he's so valuable with his intelligence on the floor, his ability to make a lot of different plays. So are you concerned with the Warriors? Like, what are you, what are you thinking about this matchup? You know, I think, I think the Lakers match up relatively well. Mm -hmm. Um, They have Dennis Schroeder and Alex Caruso, who combined can make life a little more difficult for Stephen Curry. Yes. Stephen Curry is probably going to score as many points as he feels like scoring in that game. However, I do think that Schroeder and Cur- and Caruso can make life a little difficult on him. And then they will need KCP, Wesley Matthews, um, trying to think of other wing guys. I mean, LeBron would also be involved in this, that basically need to do their work to stop Andrew Wiggins and Kelly Oubre. Um, Andrew Wiggins and Kelly Oubre have been, you know, up and down this season. They're very inconsistent players. They're not very efficient in terms of uh, their percentages and whatnot. But they can, on a one-off game, do some damage. Both of those guys have shown an ability to go off for 25, 30 points in a given night. So it'll be up to the wing guys to keep them completely out of it. Mm-hmm. And kind of, you know, this is kind of the the the... Uh, re- prevailing theory that some people had about Kobe where it was you let Kobe do whatever he wants and make him beat you by himself. Yeah. Agreed. And I feel like that's kind of the way to play things against the Warriors. Yes. Yeah. So Steph, so like today, for example, Steph goes for 46 shot 36 times to get there. Right. But goes for 46 points. Um, I think you're okay with that. If you don't give up 21 to Andrew Wiggins, if you don't give up, 15 to Jordan Poole, then you're probably okay. But it's when you do that, when you give up those buckets to those other wing players, that's where you get in trouble. Uh, real quick, Senpai NFT from YouTube threw us a, a super chat. So thank you. Said, assuming no chip, sign and trade Schroeder is an option uh, or options. Yeah, I would think so. But we're going to get there when we get there. Um, if Schroeder decides he wants to leave, then the hope has to be that the Lakers can sign and trade him. But again, right now we're going to focus mostly on what's coming up because it's going to be all not quite do or die, but almost do or die against the golden state warriors. Um, a lot of people are asking why no Montrez Harold. Oh, I've got, uh, I've got a few people commenting as well. Akuta Bavadas. Uh, and I, I know I, you gave me your name phonetically the other day and I probably butchered it again, but said a huge, huge thank you for a wonderful year of coverage. It's my first year listening and you are my Lakers therapist. This season is a win thanks to you guys no matter what. Well, thank you. We really appreciate it. Um, I'm glad that we haven't had to do too many therapy sessions like we did the first when this show first started. And it was still like the Lonzo and Brandon Ingram days. I'm glad that we haven't had to do that kind of stuff too much. But uh, 
But thank you. We certainly appreciate the kind words. And Nurudin Adekie from YouTube said, any updates on LeBron's ankle? Yeah, sounds like LeBron is going to be just fine. Okay, so Ron, what I need to ask is this. Lakers versus Warriors, I feel like this is going to be an Anthony Davis at the five type of game. I think that's going to be the answer, particularly with the Warriors three-point shooting. You need that switchability on the perimeter. Does that mean also that we could see more Montrez Harrell in this game? We didn't see him at all tonight. He and Markeith Morris did not play at all. What are your thoughts there in terms of the Lakers center rotation, specifically going against the Warriors? Yeah, so uh, let me take a look at the Warriors really quickly. So they, um, James Wiseman is obviously out for the season yep. uh, with injury. So their true center, it's they Kevon have Looney. one, and it's Kevon Looney. And I think, uh, let me throw this in here, Ron. I think Kevon Looney, he played 31 minutes tonight. I think he played 31 minutes because Jonas Valanciunas is lined up yeah. on the other side, and the Grizzlies were going to play him. By the way, he was fantastic. Almost 30 points, 29 and 12 of 15 shooting, 16 boards for Valanciunas. Incredible night from him. But I think that's why Kevon Looney played so much. I wonder if yeah. the Warriors go small even more often to try to get like Andre Drummond off the floor. Because Andre Drummond isn't going to just punish you in the paint the way that Valanciunas can in terms of scoring. Yeah, so I think the way this game, I kind of see it going is Kevon Looney and Andre Drummond will probably both start the game. And then it will be this sort of who's going to blink first and remove their center contest. Mm-hmm. It's going to be one of those things where like, who is going to transition to small ball faster? And once someone transitions to small ball, how quickly can the other team respond? Um, I think the good thing about the Lakers is when they go small ball, they have the best small ball center in basketball by far mm-hmm. in Anthony Davis. So I imagine that will be the the large portion of the game on Wednesday. But I actually think Montrez Harrell could see some action Um on Wednesday, you know, he could be guarding a Draymond Green type. He could be guarding an Eric Pascal type. Um, the the Warriors have these sort of, you know, four or five combos that I think Montrezl Harrell would be successful against. And it would leave Anthony Davis room to kind of stay in the middle and do more rim protection. So I think this is actually a better Montrezl Harrell game. I, I imagine Marcus All plays zero to five minutes. Mm-hmm. Agreed. Yeah, I don't see the true bigs, in particular Gasol, I don't see them being out on the floor much in this one. Uh, Senpai NFT with another super chat. Thank you. Said things are, are things people are forgetting. Is how much better our bench is than the Warriors. Their depth is awful. Uh, the games we won, uh, LeBron and AD weren't even scoring very much versus them. That's true. Look, the Warriors went eight deep in their rotation, and their rotation was Juan Toscano-Anderson. Uh, you had uh, Poole and... Mulder got minutes as well. Uh, no information on anybody else. Yeah, no one else played. DNP coaches decision on everyone else. So they only went eight deep on their rotation. The Lakers, on the other hand, have a much deeper rotation. But like we've said, Frank Vogel, he's got in his head, there is a playoff rotation, right? He's not going to play a 12-man rotation. He's not going to play an 11-man rotation. At most, maybe we'll see a 10-man rotation. I don't even think we're going to see that. So what do we think about that, Ron? What's the Lakers' playoff rotation? Frank Vogel claims he's got it. It's in his head. He's not sharing it. What do you think it's going to be? The thing is, I his playoff rotation is going to be heavily matchup-dependent. It's probably going to be about nine players, 
sometimes 10. I, I imagine it's going to stick around 9 for the most part. Um, but it's going to be very matchup dependent. Against the Warriors, that 9 is probably going to be something along the lines of their current starting 5, LeBron, AD, Schroeder, KCP, Drummond. And then the 4 off the bench against the Warriors will probably be Wesley Matthews, Alex Caruso, Kyle Kuzma, Montrez Harrell, or THT, depending on how good AD looks at the five and how dominant that is. Agreed. That's I, what I'm assuming. I would imagine that will be that will indeed be the rotation. That's what I would have said as well. Uh, our own Ryan Ward, LeBron chiming in on his ankle. So now he's talking to the press right now, said it was a tweak, but I will be fine. So good news there. Uh, stress that he's going to be okay. LeBron also says, this is according to our Lakers Nation account, so LeBron says he feels pretty good physically overall, getting better each day. He's being able to cut hard, explode more, etc. It certainly looked like it. I thought we saw a more, I don't want to say 100%, but a closer to 100% version of LeBron today than we've seen in, in a long, long time. Yeah, he looked he looked really good today. He looked uh, like like we said, like the Lakers Nation account tweeted, he looked explosive. He looked like he was able to get those cuts a little bit more crisp. Um, yeah, I mean, look, LeBron. I'm not worried about LeBron. I, I think I think he has the pedigree to prove that if he says he's fine, he's fine. So let's get in. We do need to master lock somebody or something mm-hmm. here, and I think we need to yeah. just open this up because let's face it, most of our attention was not on Lakers versus Pelicans. Well, okay. Like 60% of our attention was on Lakers versus Pelicans. And then we were watching everything else that was going on around the NBA. So let's say you can master lock anything NBA related. Ron, what would you put in the master lock tonight? I am master locking uh, Nikola Jokic and Mike Malone telling everyone they were going to try to win the game and then proceeding to not try and win the game. So I'm going to go with Denver Nuggets lying. Master lock. I, I like it. I like it. By the way, guys, I didn't go to our master lock graphic because our master lock graphic is tanking right now. Yeah, it's, it's load <laughs> managing, so that's why I didn't, I didn't go to that. Fishing for the night. DNP rest injury management. DNP rest. Yep, for our our master lock graphic. But I like it. Master locking the Denver Nuggets. I'm gonna go to just master lock tanking in general. Again, this was a day I was super excited about. I'm still excited about the way, you know, the Memphis Golden State game was fantastic, but I was super excited about today. And it was a little bit of a letdown to see so many teams. Well, they did what we thought they would, but go out there and play games hoping to lose. So I'm just going to master lock tanking in general. It was still a fun day, but it wasn't as fun as it could have been because of that. Yeah, I think the unintended consequence of the play-in tournament, which the play-in tournament did a great job of, limiting tanking at the bottom of the standings. Yes. But the unintended consequence is when so many teams make the playoffs, now it's positioning and what seed you are becomes even more important than ever before. So now you see tanking at the top, trying to avoid certain teams. I think what we're kind of learning here is tanking's going to happen and maybe we should stop putting so much attention into it. Yeah, That's just me though. It's going to happen no matter what. Andrew Escamilla from from YouTube said over under for Lakers versus Golden State Warriors. So what do you want to, what do you want to do on that? Like who's the who do you think is the favorite going in? I would imagine it's the Lakers, right? I I believe I saw this. I think the Lakers are going are the opened the betting as a minus 7 favorite. Mm-hmm. Um 
that's a pretty hefty favorite yes. for a seven v eight game. Um, and and wow, um, LeBron James, according to the Lakers Nation account, uh, LeBron James said that Steph Curry is the MVP of the league this year, in his opinion. You know, showing some praise for your opponent three days prior. No, that's LeBron playing chess and yeah, not checkers. That is ultimate that's chess. What that is that is this this is going to blow up, Ron, because that's going to turn into LeBron is recruiting Steph Curry again. Remember back at the All Star break, that was a thing. That yeah, that's what that that's what I think that is right there. But either way, um, yeah. I, I, what what were we talking about? We were talking about. <laughs> <laughs> before before we got into that we were talking about lebron recruiting steph curry that that's that's where we went to yeah. but no um yeah we we were talking about um i got distracted by another comment here let me just let me just throw this at you cuz it's a good one for you yeah uh benjamin from youtube said can i give a little love to ron he's probably my favorite guest you bring on super smart and great analysis appreciate it yeah there, thank there you, you so go. much there you go heartwarming heartwarming yeah. moment there for you ron Final um, night of the regular season feels good. Christopher uh, La Bastille from YouTube said with a super chat. Thank you. Said congrats on the new house question mark. If you could do a show with anyone on the Lakers roster, not named LeBron or AD, who would you pick players or anyone? Uh, yeah, it is, it is a new house and this is my temporary studio for now. I'm working on building a more of a permanent space. So that's uh, that's coming. It's going to take a little while, but that's coming. Uh, but Christopher, who would we pick? If you could pick players, you could pick anyone to do a show with, to bring on here. I mean, my gut reaction, like my knee jerk, just instant reaction would prob- probably be Jared Dudley. And yeah. I've already interviewed him a couple of times, but he's just so honest. Like, you know, so many of the guys like, and this is probably for their benefit, are very well coached in terms of how to answer questions, you know, and not offend anybody with their answers. They're very PC with their answers. They they give you enough to where you can do something with it, where you can kind of play off of it, but they're not going to give you anything that's going to like really blow up. They're not going to really let you in to yeah. their thinking or anything in the moment. Jared Dudley is not that. Jared Dudley will just be matter of fact and tell you exactly what he thinks. Like you, you know, we think calling out the Clippers earlier for trying to avoid the Lakers until the Western Conference Finals. That's Jared Dudley. So that's probably why I would pick him. Ron, what do you think? Well, Jared Dudley's a great answer because honestly, at this point in Jared Dudley's career, nothing he says will yes. stop him from getting signed somewhere for a veteran minimum. Right. He knows his place in the league. Everyone knows his place in the league. So at this point, what does he have to lose by saying whatever he wants? So Dudley's a, a great answer. Uh, you know, if maybe Jared Dudley's my player pick for sure. If I could do some go uh, interview someone else on the staff, I feel like I feel like Phil Handy would be would be a fascinating interview just because mm, he also is pick. known to be very honest on social media and he likes he to is. he likes to make his fair share of uh, of call outs on social media. But also he's just kind of been around the game for a while and has played a really pivotal role in a lot of really good players development. And so that's that's the type of play, uh, person that I would really love to talk to about the game. That's a good one as well. I like it. I like it. All right. So let's see. We've got a few more questions here. <laughs> oh, Ron, they're telling us we were talking about tanking games. 
when we when we got off track with different questions and comments coming in. That's where we were at before. Say it again. <laughs> we were talking about tanking games. Oh yeah. Okay. 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 When we got tanking off track games, earlier. Yeah. Uh, Sal Valestra from YouTube said, side note, 17 of the past 21 NBA champions finished above 500 uh, the last 10 games of the regular season. Clippers are five and five the last 10 games of the regular season. Wow. Uh, I mean, it's kind of an obscure stat. Like, where do you even find that stat? But still. Someone went to the well for that one. Someone did. It's pretty incredible. (laughs) Someone did. That's for sure. Um. I mean, the Lakers went definitely above 500 in their last 10. Uh-huh. That's that is a fact. Yeah. Oh, here's a good one. Speaking of, of pulling up stats here, uh, somebody from YouTube commenting, uh, Trez had 27 points against the Golden State Warriors. So that was one of Trez's better games of the season was playing the Warriors. So I would imagine he probably does see some minutes against the Warriors. Yeah. He's a He's a perfect fit to play the five or the four alongside Anthony Davis against the Warriors who don't really have anyone outside of Draymond Green who is physically strong enough to keep up with him. Right. Yep. And also worry about Anthony Davis at the same time. That's a nightmare. Yes. Oof. That That's not going to be easy to do, especially when you've got Trez, who's such a, a force on the offensive glass, just like Andre Drummond is. Um, that's going to be really interesting to see. Like, how much damage can Trez do when everybody else is focused on AD and LeBron? I think it can be a Drummond-esque situation with what we've seen out of him recently. Yeah. All right, I've got uh, Gaurav Patnaik from YouTube says, Trev, do you think we have the right amount of chemistry right now? So let's talk about that. Chemistry. The Lakers probably don't have a lot of it. Again, their starting five has literally played five games. Or, I'm sorry, three games together. Three games for their starting five. How big of a concern is that? I mean, last season, the Lakers won in large part. I mean, aside from, you know, having Anthony Davis and LeBron James, they also won because of their chemistry, because they had better chemistry than anybody else in the NBA. This season, I don't know that that can be said because of all the injuries. You know, it's, it's, there's two ways to look at it. You know, being... Uh, having great chemistry can turn a maybe a team that isn't the most talented mm-hmm. into the best team. And I think that's the case with the Lakers last year. On paper, they did not have more talent than, than some of the other title contenders, but their chemistry brought them above that. However, this year's team is more talented than last year's team significantly. And I think the more important thing than maybe they don't have last year's chemistry but they don't have negative chemistry, as in they don't dislike each other. They don't get into fights. Right. They they respect each other as players, and they seem to get along really well. They just haven't played a lot together. So I don't think it's as big of a concern. You know, last year with the Clippers, the the big concern was it wasn't that it wasn't that they didn't have good chemistry. It's that they actively disliked one another. I, just, I mean, I just, I just Harris, smile. every time I think of last year's Clippers, I just smile. I don't I don't know why that is. But, that's, that was their downfall. It wasn't the fact that they didn't have great chemistry. It was the fact that they just legitimately did not like playing with each other. Lou Williams, Montrez Harrell, mm-hmm. Paul George, Kawhi Leonard, uh, Doc Rivers, they all were open about the fact that they did not like playing with one another. There were constant problems in that locker room. And so with the Lakers, even though their chemistry isn't what it was, they're a more talented team and they're not at each other's throats. They still like each other. It's just not the same level as last year. Yes. 
Yeah, agreed. Agreed. And look, let's face it. What they had last year is very, very rare. It's hard to find something like that. Remember how quickly they came firing out of the gates last season, even though everybody was brand new? And that was because of that chemistry in part and because of what they went through going to China and dealing with that whole situation and because of everything they went through going uh, going through the, the tragic passing of Kobe and Gianna Bryant and, and all of that. They had to lean on each other. That kind of chemistry, you're not going to see. You may never see that again, right? The way that team bonded. I think they have enough chemistry to get it done to get the job done this season, but they're not quite like last season's team was. Uh, I had a comment here that uh, that keeps moving past me. It was from uh, from Luis, and I, I missed the last name. Uh, but it basically asked, Trevor, who needs to be the next man up for the Lakers to beat the Warriors? And I thought that's an interesting thing to get into. So who needs to be, aside from LeBron and AD, if the Lakers are going to beat the Warriors on Wednesday, who else is it that needs to step up? And I know the easy answer is to say everybody, but if we could pick one player that steps up and has, has a big game, who would be the most impactful? You know, I, I think the easiest answer is Dennis Schroeder, yes. just because of how much he will be asked to do guarding Steph Curry. And in that vein, uh, Alex Caruso is also on, on that same wavelength, but Dennis Schroeder will be asked to do the majority of the work guarding Steph Curry. And then on offense, he will still be asked to to help uh, carry the ball when LeBron is either off the court or wants to play off ball. He's going to be asked to do a lot. For the whole playoffs, that's just for the Warriors. For the whole playoffs, you know, it's kind of the same as last year where everyone wanted Kyle Kuzma to be the third man. Right. But at the end of the day, the third man was their defense. And it feels like that's where they are. I mean, look, they did not have LeBron and AD for a majority of the season. They did not have Schroeder for a lot of games. They did not have Caruso for a lot of games. And they were still the number one ranked defense in basketball. So it feels like that's kind of where it's headed again, where the third man is going to be elite defense. And then individual role players will step up enough to help win games. Yeah, agreed. And you know what? I, I like that. I like looking at the defense as being the, the third man, really, that they turn to because it's it's true. I do think, though, like the I think that the knee jerk reaction, and it's probably correct, is Schroeder for the game against the Warriors, because I think that, number one, he's going to be defending Steph Curry. He's going to be chasing him all over the place. I think that matters. And then two, his ability to score on the offensive end is going to be a factor. If you can get a game where Schroeder gets into the paint a few times, makes the defense at least have to worry about him, and can collapse the defense a few times and get guys open shots, that's going to go a long way. Like, if you get 15 points out of Schroeder with good efficiency, and he's playing good pesky defense on on Steph Curry, I think there's a pretty good chance the Lakers are, are winning that game, assuming that LeBron and AD have average games. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Schroeder is kind of going to be the X factor in any series that features opposing guards, Mm -hmm. like quality opposing guards. Uh, Lords of the sky from YouTube. The super chat says, congratulations to the Bryant family on Kobe's hall of fame induction. hundred percent. I'm not going to spend a ton of time on the hall of fame induction, but that was amazing. I'm still just in complete awe of Vanessa Bryant. I have no idea how she makes it through a speech like that. I had no idea how she made it through uh, her speech at Kobe's memorial back uh, over a year ago, February, back at Staples Center. I have no idea how she got through that and no idea how she did th- did what she did last night at the, the Hall of Fame induction. That was absolutely incredible. 
yeah, it was a really, really beautiful speech. And, you know, over the past year and a half, she has been she has been asked to do a lot on behalf of Kobe. And she has knocked it out of the park each and every time. She's she's really doing incredible stuff. Um, apparently, LeBron called his career a three act like the Godfather, but the third act of Godfather was not good. <laughs> so maybe maybe I would avoid that one. Yes. Yeah, probably not uh, not the one to go to. I'm just looking to see if there's any other quotes or anything that we need to dive into before we call it a night here and start getting ready for Wednesday. LeBron James with more glowing praise of Steph Curry, saying everyone counted him out. So that's that's good, and look what he's done. I don't know, he's just kind of planting that seed. Steph Curry will probably look pretty good in a Lakers jersey. I don't see how that's yeah, going I mean, though. It was, honestly, Steph Curry, Steph Curry does have an argument to be MVP, but Nikola Jokic is the MVP. Like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, I agree. I think he's going to be. Uh, all right, Bob Bill from YouTube. Let's talk about this. Trevor, we can't just ignore how AD doesn't start scoring until Drummond comes out. I don't know if it's AD not scoring. To, well... Look, Drummond being out opens things up a little bit, but Drummond's been doing really good sitting in the dunker position and feasting there. So, yeah, look, if Drummond comes out and you're replacing him with a shooter, let's say Drummond comes out and you're putting Kuzma in, that's going to open up the the middle for Anthony Davis to do a little bit more work there. So in that way, maybe it makes sense that AD can score the basketball a little bit easier if Drummond is off the floor. But I do think we're starting to see some chemistry between the pair. And I like the dominance on the boards with them out there. So just because AD isn't going berserk scoring the ball a lot doesn't mean it's not a net positive. Now, I haven't dug into the advanced stats, so I don't know what over the last two games. That's that, what you're doing. What's that? I'm, that's what I'm doing right now. I'm actually okay. digging into the, the stats on AD and Drummond really quickly. So it's possible that they're still not as good as off the floor with each other, but I think that they're making solid strides, and that's really what you want to see. I think their chemistry is getting better and better and better. And I think that's that's pretty important for the Lakers overall. Now, will Anthony Davis be more aggressive scoring the ball? Remember, the Lakers were treating these games as kind of a walkthrough, right? As a practice, because they haven't been able to practice a lot. So will Anthony Davis be more aggressive come playoff time? I think the answer is yes, right? I mean, that's what we saw last year in the playoffs. He really stepped it up when it was playoff time. So I'm, go ahead. I, I was going to say that. That's what Anthony Davis does. I mean, his whole career, the three years that he's made the playoffs, Mm -hmm. he's been phenomenal in the playoffs. That's just kind of what it's been for him. Yes. All right, guys. Let's, uh, somebody said Trez and Morris, the odd man out. Yeah, that was the case today. Chris from Facebook. Should the Lakers worry about matching the Suns in a seven-game series? We will talk all about the Suns. Once we get there, let's get through the Golden State Warriors first. But just overall, I like the Lakers path right now, the way it is set up. Yeah, completely agree. All right, guys, let's see. I'm just looking to see. Oh, somebody, Charles uh, Bradenthal. So Trevor and Ron, thanks for the shout out for my buddy, Phil Handy. I'll let him know he'll be a wanted guest for this show. Well, if you if you know Phil Handy, Sure. Put in a good word for us and let's bring, yeah. bring him on. I don't think the Lakers will let him come on here during playoff time, playoff time. But after the playoffs, hopefully 
after they celebrate yeah. the AT championship, we can get uh, get Phil Handy on here. That would be fantastic. Yeah. All I right. imagine that's an offseason. <laughs> yes, 100%. All right, everybody. Appreciate you guys joining us. Thank you. Obviously, it was a an interesting day. A lot of tanking. A lot more tanking than we perhaps expected. But a lot of tanking going on. Bottom line, though, Lakers do finish in the seventh seed. Not exactly what we wanted. Get the Golden State Warriors on Wednesday. But I do like their path in the playoffs. But got to take care of business and get the, get the win against the Warriors to set up a matchup with the Phoenix Suns in the first round. So let's go. It's playoff time. Time to fire it up. Thanks for joining us, Ron. Thanks so much for hopping on here. I know we went a little longer than usual on this one, but uh, tons to talk about with the playoffs kicking off here. Yeah. Yeah, big night. And I'm just, I'm very excited to get back into Laker playoff basketball for the second year in a row. And yeah, let's go for number 18. Let's do it. Let's do it. Let's bring home number 18. Till next time, everybody. See ya and stay safe.